This is a podcast from Minute Media. Sox fans, here are the Bastards of Boston Baseball. Hello everyone and welcome to another episode of the Bastards of Boston Baseball. This is the third episode in the last four days as we suspected they would be coming fast and furious with this free agency season. Red Sox made two signings today to their bullpen. That's Jake Diekman, Matt Strom. Not super sexy moves, but we'll get into them as well, as well as some other bullpen news. Charlie Smith is with me tonight. How are you, Charlie? I'm good, man. It's been another kind of relatively calm day um, in, you know, just free agency. Nothing, nothing crazy happening a couple of names flew off the list but but that's it so not, nothing crazy with freeman yet we're still waiting yeah that signing was supposed to happen we thought at some point late saturday but apparently his market is uh a little more active and teams aren't really dropping out of the mix yet but yep. looks like atlanta and uh, LA, the Dodgers are the still the front runners with New York still kind of lingering in there. So we'll uh, we'll monitor that. Carlos Correa, we're just finding out in the last several minutes, may be taking a one year deal to go back to Houston and then re-entering the market uh, next off season. And some of that, I guess, pertains to the legalities of how he dumped his previous agent for Scott Boris and. And and it's probably a, a better market for him next year, a lot less people to compete with. So what are your thoughts on Correa? Uh, I mean, I'm, I've been pretty outspoken about Carlos Correa. I don't think he's a – I think he's a fine ball player, but outside of being a ball player, I think he's a horrible, horrible person, not somebody I'd want on my team, and I think he's a cancer in the clubhouse. I want absolutely no part of him. And uh, I still think he's one of the most overrated players. I mean, this is someone who, like, people say, you know, numbers don't lie. People do. You can tell me all you want that you're like a really good player, but your numbers don't dictate uh, everything. Like, yeah, sure. If we're just going to stare at war as your only metric, then sure. Great. You're fantastic. But there are too many people here that are just on their knees for Carlos Correa and I'm, I'm over it. And you're getting <laughs> called out every single time. If you think that Carlos Correa is the best shortstop in, in all of baseball, my God, I just don't know what to tell you. Like you're just, you're obviously not watching baseball, but um, whether whether he signed a, a multi-year deal or not, I, I've been pretty adamant about this. Sorry, former agent. You weren't the one that got him to sign the deal. Like, for whatever reason, you didn't get the job done. Scott Boris were able were to get it done. You should be entitled to that money. Like, I don't care if you, you know, began the, you know, had chats and started talking about putting pen to paper. You didn't get it done. That's it. And make my point clear on that. We discussed it on the last show, and his market is is a little tricky right now because who's going to pony mm-hmm. that up? Obviously, Nobody. in the last several hours, we know it's not the Red Sox, 
And right. Detroit signed Baez, so not an obvious fit there. Uh, there's just not enough teams to be in it. LA's not going to be in it. There's no real fit for him in San Diego. And uh, so we're, I, I just don't know how his market's going to work out, barring a, a dark horse team that comes dive bombing in. So, right, I'm with you. So some other moves. Joe Kelly, my number one pick, who I highly desired, ended up signing a two-year deal worth $17.5 million overall with the Chicago White Sox. So he's going to the other Sox. He's going to be joining Craig Kimbrell if they don't trade him. And I always forget his name. The Aussie. That's their closer. Hendricks. Liam Hendricks. Uh, Liam Hendricks. Yeah, yeah, he spells his name funny. Who had, yeah. a, who had a great season for them last year. So absolutely stacked bullpen. Kelly has been pretty impressive the last couple of years. 180 ERA in the 2020 uh, shortened season. Won a ring that year. And uh, 286 ERA last year with a very impressive uh, 10.2 strikeout per nine. That's what I love to see with pitchers. I like high strikeout guys. But um, so, unfortunately, no reunion. I, I'm just convinced Hein Bloom hates ex-Red Sox players, you know, from the Dombrowski era. I I think he – I think there's some some – credibility to that statement but i also feel like he does he doesn't really have a desire to add players that might have rubbed some people the wrong way and joe kelly fight club belongs in boston it, it kind of was cute in la and it was fun there like i i will never boo joe kelly and i'm patiently waiting for joe kelly to face carlos Correa again because <laughs> i just i can't wait for him to make his little like his little crying tears face that he made uh, uh it, it's it's gonna be fun uh, but more power to him. He's he, he had an incredible um, time in L.A. A, a rough go out of the gate when he started a couple of years back. But the last two years, he's been it's been lightning in a bottle, um, and and well deserved, well earned contract for a guy who's in his early thirties. Yeah, absolutely. Who was your number one guy on on the list? We had who who was the guy you desired the most? As far as pitchers, a uh, bullpen. Oh gosh! Um, I mean, there's a bunch I'm of. I'm trying them. to remember who I really wanted because I, I was really, I I had a uh, like an eye on a specific closer that I really wanted to get, um, and that's just not going to come to fruition because we're not spending, we're not poning up big money. Uh, but as far as relievers go, Joe Kelly has to be one of those guys that you really want to get, just because like we're familiar with him, we do like him. I'm never going to boo that man. And even if he comes to, to Fenway Park as a, as a visitor, he's still going to get the most electric like ovation ever. Um, but to answer your question, I'm not sure who, who my number one top target was in the, uh, in the bullpen. Okay. Well, he was definitely mine. Uh, a couple other guys came off the board. Alex Colomay. He seemed like a high move type target. And he will um, basically be wasting away in Colorado uh, for the next year. And then finally, Adam Ottavino signed a one-year deal with the Mets for four million dollars. He was definitely not on my list of people that I wanted to bring back. I was over Adam Ottavino way, way before, and uh, 
he just he seemed to have lost it like he was good at the beginning it was clicking then he kind of lost his way found it again and then fell apart but he's just going to the the land of like every major league baseball player like oh you want to sign a multi-year deal and get way overpaid come to new york we're doing that here we're doing it live and they're way past 250 million now for this year and if you look at it three of their guys are getting 30 million like it's it's insane you got Jake DeGrom's getting 35, 36. Scherzer just signed a new one. He's getting 43. And I'm pretty sure Lindor's getting 32 as well. I'm actually going to take a quick peek. Yeah, um, you're correct. So they're way over the... <laughs> they're way over, 100, over. Over 100 with three players. Right? So quick glance. So it's 43-3 for Scherzer, 36 for DeGrom, 34-1 for Lindor. And currently on paper, they're at 263 million. Yeah, that's incredible. Well, Steve Cohen, I think he's their owner, the richest owner in Major League Baseball. And I think yep. he's going to learn the hard way that it's not even easy to buy a championship. It's hard to do even that. So um, right. they're going to face some some penalties. They also traded for Chris Bassett from Oakland. Chris Bassett. So, yeah. I, I mean, I. I I like the pitcher, but they're gutting their farm system, and they did. The the so there was a couple of players that got sent over. They got Ginn. Uh, Ginn was one of their minor league right handers that went over, and the other one I I, I I'm not as familiar with. Uh, Adam Aller was the second one, but T, JT Ginn was the first name that I remember uh, seeing flying off the list. I just randomly saw a headline that. Ronald Acuna won't even be returning until May, but that makes sense for an ACL, I guess. Yeah. Oh, here's and that team also. Big breaking news Go right ahead. now. Uh, the Nationals have signed Nelson Cruz to a two-year deal. So wow. I think he turns 42 this year, maybe even 43. Gets two years with a National League team to be the DH. That's incredible. Yeah. Wow. Oh, there you have it. Yeah. He's off the board. Breaking news on the on the podcast. Gotta love it. So we'll get into the two relievers here in just a minute. I just want to touch on two other Red Sox-related tidbits. Alex Cora and Dave Bush met with the media today. And Garrett Whitlock is going to be stretched out. And it's not clear as to whether or not he's going to start or he's going to pitch long relief. But the theory is, is that none of these pitchers are going to go much more than four or five innings, if that. So you're going to need some long relievers in the in the game to piggyback off of them was the, the term Cora used. So what that essentially means is Garrett Whitlock will not be the closer like many of us might have suspected. And I think I was kind of assuming that myself, that he would be the closer. So he gets stretched out. Tanner Houck, same thing. He's he's going to be stretched out. So if he's in the pen at all, it's going to be as a long reliever. And um, Michael Waka could have a similar role. All three of those guys, though, will probably be competing for the fifth spot in the rotation, and then the remaining two uh, end up doing long relief. And Cora also ruled out uh, a six-man rotation as well. So that will not be happening, at least at the start of the season. 
It's uh, it's interesting. This is going to be an interesting play if they end up doing anything with it for two reasons. One, uh, Garrett Whitlock moving him from his role where he was like super utility reliever into the uh, starting rotation. Not sure I love it, but it's something that we've been kind of talking about for a while is that's a right-handed pitcher who's good now joining, you know, who is, you know, going to be leaving. And I know that's something you want to talk about, too. Breaking news. All sorts. More breaking news. The New York Yankees. I did not see this coming. The New York Yankees are finalizing a deal to acquire third baseman Josh Donaldson. And um, and they've got. And wow, a trade with Minnesota. He was just traded there yesterday. So. Isaiah Kiner Falefa, who just yesterday went from Texas to Minnesota, outfielder, will be going now from from Minnesota to the New York Yankees after a brief stop. So, tons of breaking news on the podcast. Wow, you know it's actually going to be kind of fun now. Uh, I can't wait for Garrett Cole and Josh Donaldson to shake hands as teammates. <laughs> that's going to be really interesting because they had some some interesting stare downs earlier this year um he struck them out a, a couple of times and they, they've each had each other's number but i'm curious to see how that works out now because uh donaldson actually was when he was sounding off he was talking about players that were using the uh the sticky stuff the the juice on the uh the balls and uh he called out garrett cole so this is going to be interesting if they're teammates now. That That's going to be wild. I was praying that you weren't going to say Freddie Freeman. No, no. But um, Donaldson, notoriously an, an injury-prone player, and I, I don't have his age up in front of me, but he's at least 36, 37 years old. So he'll go on the injured list probably with Stanton and, and compete for however many days. <laughs> If they do end up, you know, getting a productive year out of them, though, it could be pretty good. But what I think this does do is takes the Yankees out of the Freddie Freeman sweepstakes. Thank as, God. Uh, we were just talking about in the in the open, but Brian Cashman loves injury prone players. He does. So, all right, I and just one last thing I want to point out before we get to the two Red Sox signings. Alex Cora's beard, everybody's raving over it. He looks like he's aged 15 years. I don't know what he is. I think he's like 45, 46 years old. Looks like he's pushing 60 with the beard right now. It's I think he's 45. Straight. 46, you're right, 46. Okay. It's straight gray, though. He just he looks like an old man. So I'm not a fan of the beard. So instead of looking like every player's father on the team, with the exception of a couple, obviously not Rich Hills, but uh, he kind of looks like the grandfather. Rosen- That's hilarious. Oh, yeah. Yeah, yeah, yeah. I just saw the picture. I'm like, wait, where does he have a full beard? Yeah. He's got that that George Clooney silver pepper, that yeah. uh, salt and pepper look. Yeah. And cool. Andrew's in the war room actively uh, posting tweets. But uh, I'm a little confused on his recent one because he just posted the same tweet. 
Oh, there we go. So it looks like Gary Sanchez is also going to the Twins. Wow. Oh, is that what's going on? Yeah. So that that would explain because Isaiah Kinner Falefa is uh he's like a catcher shortstop if I'm not mistaken. But uh, which one of the um, do you want to talk about Diekman? Yeah, so let's get into it. Uh, Red Sox signed two relievers today. Jake Diekman, the better of the two. So go ahead, walk us through his stats. Very good couple yeah, of years so, in Oakland. Yeah, so Diekman actually got a multi-year deal. This is someone who spent a little bit of time in, in Oakland now. He's been with a couple of teams now. This will be a sixth stop. He started his first couple of years in the bigs. With Philadelphia, he spent a majority of his time there, and then he started kind of uh, going around, spent some time in Texas, a little bit in Arizona, um, before going to Kansas City, and then ended up in Oakland. In Oakland in 2020, in 21 games, he allowed one earned run in 21 and a third, struck out 31 guys. He only allowed one home run. So that was one of the only oopsies in 2020. In 2021, he came back out and did a repeat performance. ERA did go up but still had a, a very nice K-9. We're talking about the numbers that you really, really enjoy, Terry. 13-1 in 2020, 12-3 K-9 in 2021. Uh, this is someone that can also act as a closer if called upon. Um, and it's going to be interesting because with only a couple of left-handed, uh, real strong left-handed options last year in Boston, the Red Sox just added Jake Diekman, who's got some experience under his belt. He's mid-30s. He's 35 years old. But this is someone who's, I mean, he's going to be pushing for, you know, potential closer spot and maybe Adam Ottavino's role in the eighth inning, seventh inning. Well, I mean, even the ninth inning is, is open to interpretation at this point because we know it's not Whitlock, like we said a few minutes ago. So... If you ask me, Diekman, even though he's a lefty, probably becomes the best reliever, one-inning reliever, in the bullpen. You're on mute, buddy. Thank you. I was just, uh, I I'm going to patiently wait to see what happens. I'm curious. I'm curious to see how this shakes up, because we still have a little bit of time to figure it out. Um, closer role isn't for sure, but I'm, I'm pretty sure we know who the Red Sox are going to be leaning towards, at least to start the season until he either figures, you know, can't get it together again, or they do a kind of closer committee. Yeah. And where he's a lefty, he had pretty good splits against righties, uh, right-handed hitters only hit 200 against him with a 289 on base. So He's definitely a quality reliever, Jake Diekman is, and I don't know if he's that stud closer that that you're hoping for, but but yeah, so we'll see. But I I, I think he's going to be coming in uh, a lot of times in the eighth and ninth. Red Sox also signed Matt Strom today, who uh, most recently pitched for the San Diego Padres, had a rough abbreviated 2021 and uh, ended up having some knee surgery. So has pitched pretty well in the past, mostly as a reliever, but has also started some games over the course of his career. Yeah. I mean, you hit it on, right on the head. I mean, he had an ERA over eight 
Um, only pitched in six games, uh, made one spot start, but didn't get it done. Um, allowed a, a run an inning. It just, it, he had a rough year. We're just going to chalk it up to that. The year before that, he came in, he did his job. Um, the K-9 isn't really that big of a thing here with him. Um, 6.5 and 5.4 the last two years. He was much better when he was uh, in San Diego a couple years back. Um, but I think part of that reason why was because of the injury. So it's only a, th- it's only 3 million. Uh, it is another left-handed pitcher. So I'm curious to see what happens with Strom. Um, but again, you know, like I'm, I'm totally okay giving one year deals, like a prove it, prove it deal out, especially since it's not going to be something, uh, we're not committing three, four, five years to these guys. So j- this is just someone to fill the hole. That's okay with me. Yeah, correct. He got a one-year deal as opposed to Deekman. And we don't have the financials on Deekman yet. And I'm assuming they're not going to pick up any more notable relievers. I think the guys we have now are the guys that we have. And the interesting thing here is, as we've pointed out, both Deekman and Strom are lefties. And they're essentially replacing... Adam Ottavino and Hansel Robles. And those were righties. So we're a very lefty heavy bullpen because you also have Josh Taylor, Darwinson, uh, Hernandez, and Austin Davis. But those three do have uh, uh, options, uh, you know. So we won't necessarily have all five in the bullpen together, but we do have a ton of lefties as opposed to last year when it was just Darwinson and Taylor all year long. Right. And that's, and that's when they were firing on all cylinders because they, even they had slips Darwinson right. especially. So a couple of the other late inning guys, obviously you have to factor in Matt Barnes, Ryan Brazier. I don't know about you, yep. but I'm out on Barnes. The dude will be good for two months, three at the most, and then complete and utter trash for the rest of it. I don't know if he even pitched a single inning in the postseason last year. I don't have his numbers, but once he fell off that cliff late in the season, he never recovered. And every year there there's all this Matt Barnes propaganda. And luckily there hasn't been a ton of it this year, but you figure it's probably going to start. There's going to be reports. Oh, Barnes right. figured something out over the winter right. and you know, his spin rate or his velocities up or, or whatever. And I'm just so done with Matt Barnes. Right. He uh, he only had one game in 2021 in the postseason. He only faced Tampa Bay. I don't remember him facing the Yankees. He definitely didn't face Houston. Um, but he he struggled. He struck he walked he walked a couple guys. He just couldn't get it done. And that's that's really disappointing because this is not what you want to see. But he's here for two more years and he's getting almost 19 million. So it's gonna be uh it's going to be tough. He's getting 7.25 this year, 7.5 next year, and a 2.25 buyout. So after everything's said and done, he's making his money. <laughs> it's just crazy. Out of all the guys that got extensions last year, it ended up being Barnes, and it was like the worst possible one of the bunch that could have happened. Right. Uh, Ryan Brazier, I can't say I'm super optimistic about him, but he did come back, pitched some quality innings. He's kind of been up and down throughout his career in Boston. He's a guy that everybody loves. You know, when he told Gary Sanchez to get the bleep back in the box during that uh, playoff game, 
just very endearing, but he's been up and down. He's had some injuries. He had some family stuff last year with the the death of his father. So it's just, I want to be able to rely on him, but he's a wild card. He's an absolute wild card in that bullpen. I, I want to believe that he can kind of turn it back because Brazier was one of the guys that the Red Sox depended on heavily a couple years ago because we just, we didn't have it. We needed somebody a couple years back and he was there. I felt like he was, he was consistent. And um, last year, very, very small sample size was still, still able to do his job. He's really only had one rough year and he's, He's another one of that class of the, you know, stepped away or wasn't a part of Major League Baseball or wasn't on a Major League Baseball roster for a couple of years and came back, refound himself in his 30s, and now he's back here. So I, I, I would be sad to see somebody like that go. Yeah, I just hope they can they can patch it together. But Alex Cora, the first question he was given today at his press conference was who's the closer going to be. And he immediately just almost belly laughed. He's like, well, we'll figure that out on April 7th, but it's, we may never have a, a traditional closer again in the high bloom era. He has, unless we develop one, if we develop one, then, then I can see it, but it's not going to come via free agency. No, no, uh, it's, it's definitely not, not with the moves that we're making. Um, it's going to be, you know, like I mentioned earlier, it's going to be a closer committee. We're going to have a couple guys with 10 plus saves this year. We might have three guys with 10 plus or one with, uh, you know, a season high of like 22, you know, and just a couple guys in the 10, 11 range. And that's okay. Like if that's, if that's something that we think is going to work, sure, let's, let's try it out. But, you know, there are a lot of other players that, you know, may have had an opportunity, but just blew it because they fell in love with just one pitch and just it it didn't work. You know, like I don't think I want to see uh, Sawamura in the in the closers role. He's he's one of the names I don't want to see. Um, I I don't want to see Darwinson right now in the closer role until I can see a, a level of consistency that we haven't seen in a little while from him. Darwinson apparently has I th- think he's changed his arm slot. I I just kind of glossed over it the other day. There was uh, an Instagram video of him pitching or something. So he's made some type of mechanical adjustment. I think it remains to be seen, uh, you know, how effective he will be. He, he just shows fr- flashes of brilliance at times. And then other times he'll come in and walk the bases loaded. And it's just an absolute nightmare. So I was a big Darwin's in guy last winter. I thought he would be the closer of the future, but Unfortunately, just like I was just saying, not consistent. And you mentioned Salamora. I forget about him all the time, and I think that's because I've written him off too. That splitter he throws is not a strike. And until it is, the league's not going to swing at it, and he's going to be walking guys, or they're going to be sitting on his fastball, and he's going to be getting lit up. And he's another guy I wanted to like him. You know, you always hope for the next Uihara, or even if you want to set the bar a little lower than that, the next Jinichi Tozawa or Hideki Okajima. We've had such great luck with those Asian markets in our bullpen, but Salamora just hasn't really shown it yet. And just Bloom is just, I'm not really liking the Hein Bloom era. And more bad news. This is, this is outside of the bullpen. Uh, 
the way Alex Cora is talking, Jackie Bradley Jr. is going to be the everyday right fielder. It, it hasn't started yet, so let's let's take <laughs> take a take a beat there. I, I don't want to believe that that's the case just yet. That's what that it sounds exciting. like. He says he loves the alignment of Kike in center and Jackie in right. And uh, Bloom made similar comments after the trade. They are in the market still for a right-handed bat. So if it happens to be a corner outfielder like Solaire, then then maybe we'll get our wish and Bradley will just be a fourth outfielder. But if that right-handed bat ends up being the second baseman that we sort of need because Arroyo can't stay healthy for more than five minutes, then then Jackie Bradley really is your everyday right fielder. Not something you'd expect to hear as a Red Sox fan because, you know, the National League just incorporated the DH role and it looks like the Red Sox just, you know, incorporated the uh, easy out ninth out role, if, if that's going to be the case. Yeah. It's tough. And you're probably going to have Vasquez hitting in front of Bradley in, in the eight hole. So that's ugly. It's just, yeah, it's just so ugly. That's, that's ugly. And if you yeah. have to rely on Dahlbeck, what are you getting there? Lots of strikeouts Nothing. probably. Yeah, just yeah, it it's uh, it's looking like uh, you're going to hope for something in the first second inning because otherwise it's pray for the fourth inning. Uh, that's that's tough because Dahlbeck, that wasn't the answer either. He just he couldn't seem to figure it out. Bradley hit a buck 60 last year, uh, just just north of it. Just not pretty. It's oh, boy, <laughs> it's going to be a fun ride. If anybody didn't listen to the last episode, here's a disturbing fact for you Jackie Bradley Jr. is the most expensive player in the Bloom era he hasn't committed more money to any other player other than Bradley who's owed a who's going to be owed at least a total of 18 million I think he gets 10 or 11 this year and then his buyout is 8 million next year if they decide to not bring him back if they decide not to pay him the buyout and bring him back, I think he's owed another ten or twelve million. So, so Jackie Bradley Jr. is literally Heim Bloom's biggest financial commitment so far in his three-year tenure as Red Sox chief baseball officer. That's disgusting. That's incredible for all the wrong reasons. A little bit hilarious too. That's wild. Wow. It absolutely is. So I guess we'll wrap on that. I don't, I'll just say one last time. I, I don't hate the bullpen signings, but do I think it's enough? I, I'm not sold on that. Yeah. I'm going to go on the record and say the same thing. You know, can, I'm happy, but do I think it's enough? No, not yet. Down on the farm uh, in AAA, you got uh, Ed Edward Bizardo, who had a cup of coffee up here last year, and then he had a lat strain, but he could be a quality late-inning guy. Cutter Crawford, I think, is probably going to be more of a starter, but perhaps in a pinch he could go to the bullpen. And then Brian Mata could be pitching out of the bullpen maybe in like August, September as he recovers from Tommy John surgery. So those could be some guys you see later on from the farm if if we can't make things work with our big league guys. And uh, we'll see. Maybe they'll surprise us. We're currently, we don't know the Deekman 
stuff. So without the Deakman contract being added in, you're at 203 million. So you got 27 million to go before the luxury tax. Bloom says every year that they're willing to exceed it, that it's not a hard boundary, but they never do. So I'm kind of operating with the mindset that they're not going to exceed it under any circumstances. And then one final thing on the Yankees trade, because more info kept trickling in. So the the final uh, trade is Gary Sanchez and Gio Urshela will be going to Minnesota for Josh Donaldson and uh, Kiner Falefa. I already forget his first name. Comes from Texas. Uh, so... So that's uh, that's the trade. A little a little surprising, I would say. Urshela especially was a popular guy in New York. Not so much Gary Sanchez. Yeah, that's that's pretty crazy. Yeah, you're talking about Isaiah Falefa. Um, oh, it's going to be go. interesting to see what happens. Yeah, it's going to be very very interesting. But in order to get that, uh, you're going to have to give a little bit. I'm curious though because it looks like the Yankees are absorbing the entire Donaldson contract. Fifty that's million what it appears to be. 50 million. 50 million left on the books. Yeah. It's a lot of money. I guess one of my questions is are the Yankees in the market for a catcher now? No, because Falefa can catch. So they already have that guy. And then, yeah, he's a short third catcher. He's a, he's a, he's a super utility guy uh, that can do a little bit of everything. He's, he's really, really interesting. He's fun. And he can steal bases too, so it'll be uh, it'll most certainly be interesting for sure. Okay, I just yeah. assumed he would be uh, in the middle of the infield with Urshela gone, but um, I mean they also have um, I forget uh, yeah, Garrett pull- Cole's personal catcher. Yeah, I'm pulling up right now. He has a cool last name. He's uh, he's it's an Asian last name, but he's lived his whole life uh, in America. Oh, Kyle Higashioka. <laughs> yeah. Yeah. Yep. Him. And he's so got great chemistry with Garrett Cole. That's his personal catcher. Yeah. And outside of him, it was him and Sanchez. Those were the two. So now with Falefa there, I think Falefa will spell um, Higashioka. And then we'll see what happens from there. Yeah. And uh, Jose Peraza. Is he? Jose oh, they... Peraz is not a catcher. He's an infielder. Yeah, he is. Jose Peraz is a second, third. Yeah, he plays second and short. I was just wondering if it was the, and it is the same Peraza we had for 2020. I, I didn't know if they had a prospect uh, with that name, but. Nope, that's the same guy. Yeah, okay. I'm just going down through the, the news now. Yeah. All right, well, we'll wrap on that, and uh, we could be back in 24 hours, 48 hours, whenever anything develops, and that includes uh, the the other free agents that we're not even connected to. If Freddie Freeman signs, uh, we could come on and uh, do a show, and obviously as well as uh, anything Red Sox-related. So everyone have a good start to your week. Take care. <laughs>